Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. If you look over here and see a bunch of teenagers that have their heads buzzed, it's because they did it for camp tomorrow. So they look great, I think. I think they look good. Maybe they should keep it like that for the rest of the time, huh? Yeah, no. They're all like, ah, oh, maybe not. It's supposed to grow back. So they are excited to leave for camp bright and, okay, maybe not bright, early tomorrow morning. And uh, so if you uh, see them tomorrow and they're, I'm just kidding, they'll be gone tomorrow. I, I told them all this morning, I said, I will not be here to see you off. I will pray for you when I wake up. So I said, I love you, but not that much. So I'm, they are leaving tonight slash tomorrow, 3.30 in the morning. So looking forward to that. But a couple announcements tonight before we get started. First of all, if it's your first time joining us here in person, please stop by or welcome desk on your way out. We have a gift we'd like to give to you, a form we'd like to have you fill out to get a record of your visit. If you're joining us for the first time online, please either scan the QR code or you can go to sptindy.org slash contacts and fill out the form there just so we can have a record of those that are watching online as well. Thriving in service. So we're still looking for some teachers and co-teachers for our children's ministries. So children's church, um, science school. Um, and so if you are interested in helping or have any experience in that, please come see either myself or uh, Rob Williams. We would love to. We're going to get together and kind of put together, a kind of revamp everything, get everything put together. So we've heard from a couple of you, but if you are still not sure, please come talk to me and I can, we can work with you on that as well. So looking forward to hearing from some of you for that. Ice Cream Social is coming up in just a couple weeks, and so pastor's favorite event of the year. Um, he said activities start at 2 this afternoon. It says 3 on there, so you can take it up with the big man. If, uh, whatever, whatever. if you show up at 2, he'll be here um, setting up. Um, but 3 o'clock is what it says on there, and then homemade ice cream. If you have a homemade ice cream maker, please bring some. I do not, so I just come and partake. Um, but we will uh, make sure you play, make plenty of vanilla. Pastor wants just plain vanilla. Um, but please make some other stuff as well so I can try some other things as well. But that's 5 o'clock and then the outdoor service at 6. And so looking forward to that wonderful time as a church family. Be praying for good weather for that as well. And our missionaries of the week are Frank and Tori Frausto. Uh, they were just here this past January for our missions conference, if you remember. Uh, they're from the north side. They're actually from uh, Intern Drew's church. And, uh, but they have been doing like a three-and-a-half-week training down in, South, in North Carolina. And so they're just getting ready to finish that. Um, they are selling their homes. They're, they're, the praise that they had, their homes sold in two days. Uh, which is just, uh, for them, a miracle. And so they're just praying that all the paperwork and everything that will go through quickly and smoothly, and then they're going to start packing, and they get their plan to leave to go to the field in August. And so they're just praying as they kind of do the last few expectations, uh, all the packing and all that kind of stuff, the paperwork. They had a visa meeting uh, just this past week, and they haven't heard anything back yet, so we're just praying that their visas come through the first time. Um, but just be praying for the Fraustos as they get ready to travel and take off to the field that God has called them to in South Africa next month. So at this point, I'll have the ushers come forward, and I'm going to have them pray for the morning, or for this evening's offering, and also for the Fraustos. So Darren, if you would pray for the Fraustos and the offerings. Father God, we are thankful to be in your house this evening. Lord, we do thank you for the uh, ministry of, of giving that you've given us, and, and Lord, I pray that we would, uh, we would take these offerings these tithes and offerings, and use them for your honor and glory. We pray for the Fraustos uh, and the needs that they have getting onto the mission field. We, th we praise you for their house selling as quickly as it did, and now, Lord, we pray that they would be able to get on the field and doing that which you have called them to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as the uh, offering is taking place, we're going to sing our uh, hymn of the month uh, that we've had in the past. It's uh, Still the Cross. The lonely night, the agony, the crying
Pastor Devin, we're going to have birthdays and anniversaries. So that's the last week if you've had a birthday or an anniversary. Anybody, birthday or anniversary this last week? Miss Pearl, when was your birthday? July the 6th, same day as my mama. Now, my mom's 90 years old this year. She would have been. She's around, so you turned 80. All right. Well, happy birthday to you. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 68 years. Wow, that's wonderful. Anybody else? Birthday or anniversary? Miss Carol? Anniversary. How many years? Four years. We've got to find out what it is, the secret to four years of marital bliss. So get ready. We'll come back at you. Anybody else? Colin? Riley wasn't, here last week. Riley wasn't here last week for us to celebrate. When was your birthday, Riley? The second. And how old are you? 19. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 13 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Intern Grant. Intern Grant. When was your birthday, Intern Grant? Oh, Intern Grant. I'm sorry. Intern. I'm looking over there at the, at the interns. Intern Grant is, uh, he, by the way, is, um, if you weren't here Wednesday, he ended up having a, what's it called, abscessed tonsil. And everybody who I've said that in the medical field has said to me, that can be really serious. Uh, so anyway, what they ended up doing, he went to an ear, nose, and throat, uh, in order to get his, his in, you know, you got to be, uh, you know, your in-network insurance. So they had to go back to... Uh, Alabama, or is it Alabama? Georgia, back to Georgia. And uh, anyway, uh, they, are you ready? So they stuck a needle in there and they pulled two and a half syringes, or one and a half syringes of gunk out of, his, uh, out of his tonsil. They gave him a bunch of antibiotics and he's gonna see the doctor again tomorrow, but uh, the plan is that he'll fly back home tomorrow, or back here tomorrow and rejoin us. But today is intern Grant's birthday. So happy birthday, intern Grant. Anybody else? So who who does? Your mom and dad, and twenty five years uh, on the fourth of July. Wow. Okay, and they're not here, so we just can get to make fun of them. <laughs> that is wonderful. Anybody else? Which Matthew are you pointing to? Matthew Fox? No? I think he was just trying to get my attention for somebody. All right, well, let's sing Happy Birthversary then, and we'll come back and uh, get the, uh, ver the anniversary specials for that four years, all right? Happy Birthversary to you. Happy Birthversary to you. Happy Birthversary. God bless you. Happy Birthversary. Four years of marital bliss. What's the secret, Bruce? Stay calm. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to say duck and cover. But anyway. <laughs> Carol, Miss Carol? Yep. Pray that you got the right one. Spend the rest of your life praying. That is wonderful. I love it. All right. So we have kids going to camp. And so while Tim is making his way up, Tim said, can I, can I share a camp testimony? I'm going to also put Bob on the spot. Bob told me this morning he got saved at camp. How many years ago, Brother Bob? Next month will be 73 years ago at a church camp. And so uh, camps have been around for a while, those of you who didn't know. Uh, I've had two or three people this year, and it's funny because nobody typically comments, but they've said, you know, I've never... My church just never went to camp growing up. I didn't even know they existed. Uh, somebody was telling me that this morning. It's like, well, they've been around for a while, at least 73 years. So, Tim, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say exactly what Pastor just said. Kids are going to camp. I got saved at camp 45 years ago today. Well, in July of 1978. So, it is important. And just to kind of show you a little bit more, kids, how important camp is. How many of the rest of you ever got saved at camp? Okay, so some of us got saved. How many of you decided what you're going to do with the rest of your life at camp? Okay. Something else? 
I told my daughter a few years ago when she was at college, keep your eyes open, you may meet your, your spouse at camp. She laughed. Guess where Jordan and Rachel met? <laughs> so who knows, kids, you may meet your camp there, too, your spouse there too. So camp's important. You, you know, as we said, I got saved there, Bob got saved there, a lot of kids got saved there. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Our passage for this evening is going to be Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, and compass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the Ark of the Lord. May your hearts be sanctified by the reading of God's word this evening. You may be seated. We're going to sing about the goodness of God, and aren't you grateful for the things that last and never change in your life? things that you can stand solidified in, and uh, that's, that's the story of our Savior. Um, little, little anecdote here, so uh, does anybody remember the $5 footlong commercials? Have you been to Subway recently? They're not $5. <laughs> and there are so many things in our lives that will change the people in our lives, the circumstances, and the, the difficulties, and just life. It's, it's an up and down, it's a back and forth. But I'm so grateful for a God who is always good. So stand with me and let's sing about our Savior. Looking back, I can see your fingerprints upon my life. Seeking my path. How has God been good to you? Not, not just in general, but how has God been good to you? Just share something real quick. We have a great church. Great church. Amen. Amen. We have a godly pastor. We have a godly pastor. Amen. <laughs> how has God been good to you? He's always provided. Amen. Good health. Amen. Praise God. He gives us a song. Amen. He's forgiving. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Sorry, what was that? Godly friends. Godly friends. Answers prayer. So many things. We have such a good God. 
We have such a good God. Let's sing about him once more. Looking up, I can see your sympathy. I doubt myself, but I'm sure of your love. of the month because we have such a good God we can follow him and trust him so let's sing we will follow Christ in Is it worth it to follow Christ the Lord? Amen. Let's sing verse number three. Christ has sent you the
course, the instruments are going to drop out, and we'll sing a cappella. Although too long to be like Jesus Christ, must now partake in his own sacrifice. Take up your cross, endure the struggle now. In time you'll learn the crossing to the ground. The sinner him who chose the lonely cross. Consider him and marvel at his loss. Despising shame, Christ suffered in your place. Consider him, sufficient is his grace. Amen. You may be seated. All right, thanks, Debbie. Uh, here we go. The interns are going to sing tonight, but we lost one, so we thought we shouldn't split up the three amigos. And uh, So we do this every once in a while, so you probably know what's coming. So all the guys, go ahead and come on up here, all the guys. And while they're coming, I want to make one preface to Tim's testimony. So teenagers, his daughter and Jordan were working at camp, so they weren't, <laughs> they weren't attending camp as little teenagers, but just wanted to make that preface. So guys, we're going to sing. Uh, let's just do... Let's do um, Tenors on this side, basses on this side. If you don't know what you're singing, stand in the middle. And uh, we're going to keep our uh, previous hymns of the month going on. This was one uh, we sang last year. And uh, we'll sing all four verses of Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. So front row's wide open.
was supposed to be preaching tonight, and uh, intern Drew said, I'll preach again. And I appreciated that. I really did. So I'm like, okay, then I'm going to let you. Uh, so here he is. Come on, dude. Appreciate it, guys. I was thinking uh, as that song was going, I realized I made a mistake in not singing. But I was thinking as I was uh, listening to the lyrics. <laughs> wow. <sighs> I don't feel so bad now about the jokes I'm about to do for pastor. No, I... Uh, <laughs> God forgives, that's true. Um, I was thinking about some of those lyrics, and I was like, man, this, this line, and especially the fourth verse, I was like, man, this, this uh, slide, great song. And then I got to the final slide, and I was thinking about this week and what we've been going through with Pastor Hughes. And I think he can say, when the race is complete, my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. And I want that to be my prayer as I go and as I continue this walk in him. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about walking in Christ and how to walk. And uh, Grant, Grant was, not, was supposed to be here, as Pastor said, and then uh, about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, uh, he started getting sick. We talked up to the fires, and I do think it, part of it was the fire and the smoke that we had, but he uh, just got better, went to the urgent care, got worse, went to the urgent care, got better. So he was even eating dinner with us and doing things with us, and then Tuesday night, after, about Tuesday night, he started taking a turn for the worst again, went to urgent care, and then 2.30 in the afternoon on Wednesday, pastor calls me, calls me, texts me, and says, hey, can you call me? I'm like, I'm in the sound booth, pastor. And he comes, he's like, I need you to take Grant to Louisville, where his parents are. I was like, okay. So I drove the hour and a half with Grant, and then Thursday, I was like, hey, can, you know, what are you preaching on, pastor? He's like, I'm not preaching. You want to preach? I said, yes, I'll do it. So I love, I love this opportunity. So third John is where we're going to be. Pastor has a bunch of interesting sayings that he uh, uses, and uh, it's interesting. I like to start off an illustration. I just couldn't think of one for this, this sermon, and then I started thinking of past, different pastor sayings of pastor, and it's interesting. I have quite a few since being here, um, and one of them he likes. He uses different forms. He, it, it, the first time I ever heard it, it was pastor said this, uh, drink much or just read about it. And it's and they'll say it whenever you like trip when he, if you if he says drink much or just think about it, you really did something like you tripped or you about fell and dropped the pizza, like he did you did something really crazy and then he'll change it. he's like if you say something really uh, just not smart he'll say think much or just read about it, and then uh, he'll say others like uh, forget all of them he says he he uses different forms just to you know depending on the situation but one that uh, as we're going to talk about walking one that resonated with me for the sermon was walk much or just think about it. Or just read about it. And that is my fear that we as Christians don't actually walk much in our spiritual life. We just read about it. We just read how to do it. We don't actually take action and do it. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how to walk like Christ walked. How to walk in Christ. If we want to, if we are to, want to be in Christ, if we want to be like Christ, walk like Christ, be servants of him, we need to walk. We need to live out our spiritual life. We need to live out our Christian walk. So 3 John gives us a great outline of just principles of how to do that. So I want to start with this first point of to walk like Christ, we must walk in the truth. 1 John, verse 1, it says, The elder, or 3 John, verse 1, sorry, The elder to the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy to hear than to hear that my children walk in truth. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, I thank you for this time, Lord. We pray for Grant, Lord, as he's uh, trying to recover. He's uh, on the mend, Lord, and he'll possibly be back tomorrow or Tuesday, and I just pray, Lord, that he would have safe travels. And I pray, Lord, for tonight that you would give me the words to speak, that it would not be uh, me that's doing it, but your spirit speaking through me. Pray, Lord, that I would be able to proclaim your truth clearly and that someone, people would listen, Lord, and that I would uh, be a good orator of your word. Praise in your precious and powerful name. Amen. So John here is asking, is telling us, if we want to walk like Christ, we need to do the first thing. We need to walk in the truth. We need to walk in the truth. And so John gives a devoted prayer here to Gaius, this man named Gaius. He says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius my love in the truth. John here is writing, it's a personal letter. It's from John, the elder, to Gaius. 
John uses the term here, elder, and we don't know really why he uses this term. He uses the same term in 2 John, and he doesn't even know, type, uh, say who writes third, 1 John. We don't know why, but he does it. It's possibly because of persecution. This would have been written around the time where John would be on the run and right before he would have gone to the island of Patmos and be exiled. So whatever reason, John just decides that it's important that he uses this term elder. And we see that it's received here well. And it's received, and the people who received it would have known that it would have been John. Just by him calling himself the elder, they would have known, oh, this is who it is. But John's writing here, and he's writing to a man named Gaius. Gaius, the name means Lord. Gaius is a very common name. It's interesting. Gaius is one of the most common names in was one of the most common names in Roman times. And he, he writes this man. And this man was clearly near and dear to the heart of John, and one of John's personal, possibly disciples. Because as he says in verse four, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth." He's not saying that John was his father, but maybe his spiritual father, and either led him to Christ or discipled Gaius. And John is writing. It's near and dear. He calls him beloved. John calls Gaius beloved in verse 1, 2, 5, and 11. So John is, has a deep connection with this man named Gaius and wants him to live correctly for God, for God and wants him to walk like Christ. And so it's a very personal prayer that John is writing here, but it's also a very deep prayer. John says in, in verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. He writes here, he says, Beloved. It's a term that's only used for Christians. It's a term of great affirmation of love, of you are deeply loved by God and by me. He writes it, it means to be highly esteemed. It's only used a few times in all of the New Testament. Paul uses it in Colossians 3.12 and in Philemon, the book of Philemon. Peter used it in 2 Peter 3.14, and John used it in 1 John 3.14 and in this book. Those are the only places ever where where the term beloved is used in the Bible. So John is writing this, and it's a deep prayer. John, John's saying, I wish above all things. It, it could be reordered. If you were looking at a Greek uh, concordance, it would be reordered to above all things I wish. Or actually, the word wish means I pray to God. Above all things, I pray to God. And so John is saying here, hey, above all, I pray that you would be in health, that you would prosper. He wants, he wants Gaius to prosper and have a, a pleasant journey or in some ways uh, to metaphorically mean succeed. He wants Gaius to succeed in whatever Gaius' walk is, in whatever Gaius is doing with his life. And so he wishes that things would go well. He prays that things would go well for Gaius, and Gaius would live a life surrendered to Christ. So it's a prayer for, it's a deep prayer, it's a prayer for health. He says, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. It's holistically. He wants his spiritual health to succeed and his spiritual health physical health and spiritual health. And he wants to make sure that Gaius is prioritizing and that he's not just going, 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 but that he's prioritizing and being in physically healthy as he is spiritually healthy. He seems to be a very mature Christian. So John here is writing, he says, I want you to prosper. I want you to be in health. I want you to live right. Why? Because truth is the cause for joy. John wants him to walk in truth, and and the reason he wants him to walk in truth is because truth is the cause for joy. And he writes here, For I rejoice greatly, when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy to hear that, than to hear that my children walk in truth. So Gaius has a testimony here. He has a testimony, a great testimony found in verse 3. For I rejoice greatly that the brethren came and testified. He has a great testimony. People are coming to John. People are speak, showing John, hey, John has a great testimony. John, or Gaius has a great testimony. Gaius is walking in the truth. Gaius shows the truth. And so believers are testifying of Gaius' truth. Gaius is, uh, loves the truth. He speaks the truth. It says here he walks in the truth. He shows the truth to the fellow believers. And people are testifying. People are going back to John saying, hey, this man is good. This man is following Christ. He walks in the truth. He walks in. And John has a joy here. He rejoices. There is no greater, he says, there is no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. There's no greater joy than to hear that one of your children, whether physical children or spiritual children, walks in the truth. Teenager, there's, there's no greater joy than for Pastor Andrew or Pastor Brett or Pastor John to hear that 25 years down the road you guys are still walking in the truth, that you guys are still following Christ. Adults, there's no greater joy than to hear that if 25 years later you're at a different church and Pastor John sees you or Pastor Andrew sees you and they hear that you're still faithful, you're still walking in the truth. They have no greater joy. 
So John is showing that pastor heart, that elder heart. And he says, hey, I have no greater joy than to hear that somebody that I discipled, somebody that I brought up in the faith is still walking the truth. That's what Gaius is saying. And and John is saying, and he's saying this because all truth is centered on Christ. What does Jesus say in John 14, 6? I am the way, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He also, he also says it because change comes through truth. John, Jesus says in John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Sanctify means to change, to cleanse them. Purify them through thy truth. Change for Christians comes through knowing the truth. There's a verse, I think, uh, I forget where it is, but it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth comes, change comes through truth. So John here is saying, hey, I have no greater joy to hear that my, my spiritual children, one of my pupils, is still walking the truth, is still faithful. So John says, hey, I, I want you to walk in truth because truth is the cause for joy. And he also says, I want you to, I want you to walk in love. Verse 5 through 8, it says, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of my charity before the church, whom if thou bring forth, bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that, for his name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to receive such, that we might be fellow helpers of the truth. And John here gives an imploration. He says, Gaius, you do faithfully. Gaius is a faithful man. Gaius is, has a, this is a great compliment for someone. When, you, when someone tells you, man, you're doing faithfully, you are faithfully serving him, you are faithfully doing well. And that's what John is saying. John is saying, hey, Gaius, you are faithfully serving God in whatever you do. And that's, that just proves that genuine faith produces genuine works, good works, as J- James 2, 14 through 17 tells us. That if we have genuine faith, we will be zealous for genuine good works. So G- John says, hey, you're doing faithfully. You do faithfully whatever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. He's not saying different people. He's saying people from outside of his own church. The brethren being maybe his own home church, and then strangers being fellow pastors and apostles and people coming in from other churches. And Gaius is faithful. He has a faithful past. Depending on who, which Gaius this is, if this is Gaius is linked, he would have served with Paul and been with Paul, and he would have also been baptized with Paul, and he would also have hosted Paul in his house. But it's a little uh, sketchy to say that because, there's, in, because it's such a common name, there's possibly four different Gaiuses in the New Testament. It's possible. But he has a faithful past no matter what. This John says that. He does faithfully. And there were witnesses of this faithfulness that Gaius had. There were witnesses. He says, which have borne witness of, my ch- of thy charity of- before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. There were witnesses. Gaius loved the church, and Gaius sent forth godly men to f- serve. Whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. He sent forth. He did all he could to help believe, uh, Christian men send the gospel out. He carries the qualifications of a pastor to have hospitality and to bring them in and also just send them out and continue and help them on their journey. And he, needed nothing, he made it so they needed nothing from the Gentiles. This is following after Paul's example, where Paul says, I'm not going to take anything from you lest I should become a stumbling block. He says that in 1 Corinthians, how that he would not take from the Corinthians because the Corinthians would focus more on the giving and on the supporting of Paul than on the gospel. And Paul says, Lest I make my glory void, lest I become more, glor- become more gloried over than the gospel, I'm not going to do that. And so it says, John here says, hey, he helped the truth. We ought therefore to receive such and be fellow, that we might be fellow helpers of the truth. And John says, hey, this is an example we should follow. John is talking to himself and to the people with him that we should follow this example. Which leads me to ask myself the question, am I, am I a helper of the truth or am I diminishing the truth? Am I a helper of the truth, or do I, do, I, do I stop the truth? Do I diminish it? When it comes to me, I'm not helping it send it forward. I'm just, it's just staying with me. Am I helping the truth? It's a question I, I have when I come, because he says we ought to receive such that we might be helpers of the truth. Do I help the truth? And so John says, hey, walk in love. John, Gaius has love for the church and his love for the ministry and, and love for fellow believers, and he's walking in love. So John said, implores him, continue to walk in love. We want to walk like Christ. We need to walk in the truth. We need to walk in love. We need to walk away from evil. 
Verse 9, it says, I wrote unto the church by Diotrephes, who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us, receiveth us not. Therefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and chase, casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius, Demetrius hath a good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and we know, you know that our record is true. So John says, hey, walk away from evil. Evil here is shown in this man named Diotrephes, and we see that Diotrephes has some evil ambitions, some selfish ambitions. Verse, six, verse 9, it says, I run to Diotrephes, but he who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us not. And so we see here that Diotrephes loves to have preeminence. He loves power. He has the desire for power, and he was prideful with it. He loves to have preeminence and, and receiveth us not. He's prideful. He thought he knew everything. It shows here that John maybe John wrote a letter, and John maybe tried to speak to Diotrephes himself personally, like he's doing with Gaius here, but Diotrephes is turning away and doesn't think he needs what the wisdom of John. So he thought he knew everything. He thought he was the best, which is the first and great sin. That's what Satan did. Satan was in heaven. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14 tells us that Satan was in heaven, and Satan thought he was going to be as great as God. Thought he could be God. And what did God do? He cast him out. Satan thought he could have preeminence. Satan thought he could be the best. And it found out it wasn't true. Diotrephes has a desire for power. Diotrephes rejected the truth. Who receiveth us not, us not. He, it says later, neither does he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. He says that he's not content. It says that he's not content. He didn't allow anyone else to speak against him, to, to prove him wrong. He thought he was right. He, he didn't care for the apostolic authority. It, re, it says he received, John says he received, Diotrephes received us not. He rejects the truth. He, he destroyed Paul, John's former letters. So he has selfish ambitions. He wants to be the best. He wants to be prideful. Evil also has selfish actions. Verse 10, Therefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them in out of the church. So evil, evil has selfish actions, and John will remember this. He says, Therefore, if I come, I will remember. I will remember. John, this problem calls for John. John's going to fit, come and fix the problem. He's going to expose Diotrephes for who he really is. It, it, says, it shows you that maybe Diotrephes has the church under his hand, and nobody can do anything about it, and John's going to come and fix it and show the church that they have been messed with. John is going to follow the Christian role for, for discipline found in Matthew 18. And he's going to, as 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. John's going to come in and fix the problem. He's going to come in and, and remember the deeds that Diotrephes does. And what are those deeds? They, it's malicious gossip, malicious words. Diotrephes is speaking against John with malicious words. Malice is an evil intent with from the inside, evil intent from the inside. So it's Diotrephes, really, this is Diotrephes' heart. He wants to speak evil against John. And it says that he's praying, he's speaking big words with no backing. So he's speaking big words from his heart against John, but there's no backing behind it. And so John's going to come and fix it. And it says here that evil, or Diotrephes, is turning away Christians. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would... Cast, and casteth them out of the church. For Diotrephes, if they weren't with him, they were against him. They didn't follow him, they didn't agree with him, they were cast out, they were done. He didn't care about what other people had to say, what other opinions. He thought he knew what was best, and may that not be any of us today. That I know what's best, even when other people are trying to tell me differently. He thought he was enough for church, he thought he was the best. He's going, if he's, if he's the minister, he's going against all of the qualifications that Paul laid out for, laid out in 1 Timothy. So John here is saying, 
if I come, I will remember. And so he gives a command. He shows us what Dachvi's evil ambitions were. He shows us what the evil actions are. And so now, now he says, I'm going to give you a command about evil. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So he gives a command, don't follow evil. Evil is shown in Diotrephes, and Diotrephes is a decisive leader. He is an evil leader, and John tells Gaius, don't follow that which is evil. Don't follow that which is wrong. He says, you want to be like Christ? Do good. If you don't want to be like Christ, follow evil. Because he says here, anyone who, beloved, if thou, he that doeth good is, not, is of God, but he that doeth evil has not seen God. He says, hey, you do evil, you haven't seen God. You do good, you are of God. And so we are to reject all forms of evil. Romans 12.9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. We as Christians are to, to every day abhor or hate that which is evil and love that which is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from all appearances of evil. Dave Young put it this way, uh, camp uh, back in 2020, he said, when every day when I wake up, I wake up and I say, I'm alive to Christ and dead to sin, dead to evil. That's his way of saying, I'm going to do my best to abstain from all appearances of evil. I don't want to follow evil because evil leads to nothing. Only Christ leads to something. So may that be what I say every day and I try to say every day, that when I wake up, I wake up to Christ and I die to sin. I'm not alive to sin. I'm not alive to evil. Why? Because evil is not of God. Evil, the word, means of Satan. Evil is of Satan. And so John says, hey, don't follow that which is evil. Don't follow that which is evil. He skipped, but he gives us an example to follow. Verse 12, Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, we also bear record. And ye know that our record is true. Demetrius had a good testimony or a good report. Demetrius, it's a, it's a good report. It's carrying an attribute, again, of a minister. But really, these attributes that I keep on going back to of a pastor or a minister, they really should be attributes that we all, as Christians, carry. And, he said, and this man, Demetrius, has a good report. He's got a good testimony. And it's not just John saying this. It comes from fellow believers. And it comes from the truth. Like John said in, in the first few verses about Gaius, how that he rejoiced greatly for the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. He says the same thing of Demetrius, that he hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. And John also bears record. And yea, and we also bear record, and ye know our record is true. John's record is true, and John implores people, be like Demetrius. Have a good testimony. Have a good report. Don't follow evil. Follow that which is good. And if you want to follow something that's good, follow this man, Demetrius. Demetrius is following Christ. It's the same idea as when Paul says, be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. John is imploring this man, hey, be followers of Demetrius as he follows Demetrius. There's an example to follow, and so he says, be like Demetrius. Proverbs 21, 22, 1 says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. Romans 1.8, even though this is talking to the church, its principle still applies. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. May that be our, 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 our call tonight, our prayer tonight, that our faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Not that we're popular, but that people would say, man, this is an example to follow. May we all walk like that. If we want to walk like Christ, may we all walk in the truth. May we all walk in the love. May we all walk away from evil. May we all say, I'm going to be like Demetrius. I'm going to be like Christ. I'm going to walk like Christ would walk. So walk in Christ. Walk like Christ. This is to be the testimony of all Christians, that we are to walk like Christ. That we are to be like Christ. A life that is rooted and grounded in Christ is the very purpose for which God calls us to walk, to be centered on the truth, to be centered in Christ. This church was facing a problem. They were falling away from the truth, and John is pleading with them, don't fall away from the truth. Don't fall away from love. Don't follow after evil. Walk like Christ. So I challenge you tonight, walk like Christ. Walk in the truth. Walk in love for one, of, one another and for the, for the brethren that aren't even in this church. 
and walk away from evil. And I know it's hard. We, 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 all, we often wake up, we often say, like I said earlier, we often say, I, I want to walk. But often we, we just read about it. May not, may it not be said of us that we're just reading about how to walk, but we're actually walking. We're actually living a testimony. We're actually showing Christ to the world. We're not just reading about it. We're not just thinking about it. We're actually doing, we're actually following through what we, are, we as Christians are called to do. Is that what we're doing tonight? Is that what we're doing in this, this world? I mean, say if teenagers, those who are going to college this next fall, you are going to be challenged every day. You are going to be challenged to know the truth. You're going to be challenged to love people that may be unlovable. You're going to be challenged with evil before your eyes every single day. And it's your choice. Are you going to, are you going to think about knowing the truth? Are you going to think about doing right? Or are you actually going to do it and walk like Christ? Are you going to, for us as going to work every day, and for you old... Wise people. <laughs> are you going to, are you, every day you're going to be faced with challenges and you already are faced with challenges, challenges every day. You are confronted with evil every day. Are you going to walk away from it? Are you going to walk in the truth? Are you going to walk in love? Every day you're challenged. Do we read about, do we just read about walking like Christ and walking in the truth or do we actually walk? Do we actually live out what we are called to do as Christians? So one final challenge for me, as I think this will be my last time speaking, are we walking like Christ? Are we living as Christ would have us live? And that is to walk in the truth, walk in love and walk away from evil. John says in verse 13 and 14, he says, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Greet the br- Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. What is he saying? He's saying, I, I have a lot to say. But you need to know the basics first. There are a lot of things where I, could, I could come. There's a lot of different ways we could talk about walking like Christ, but we need to walk, know the basics. We need to walk in the basics. Walk in the truth. Walk in love. Walk away from evil. If we would ever do anything for Christ. Pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your imploring of us. Thank you for this book of John, as John is imploring Gaius and imploring the church that Gaius is serving at to walk like Christ would have him to walk. I pray that that would be our, our prayer every day, that it would be our desire that we would walk like you that we would know the truth, we would walk in the truth, not just read about it, not just learn about the truth, but we'd actually live a life knowing the truth and that we would live a life of, for love, walking in, the, walking in love for one another and not just reading about it, not just reading 1 Corinthians 13, but living it out. I pray, Lord, that we would walk away from evil. Evil is before our eyes every day and we must decide whether we're going to partake or whether we're going to turn away I pray that our prayer, our desire from each and every one of us is that we would, we would turn our face to evil that is in this world, and that is before us, and that we would walk away from it. I pray Lord, that we would wa- have a desire to walk like you, that we would walk and not just read about it. Thank you for this evening. pray for Grant as he's recovering. I pray, Lord, for the rest of the service to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Mr. Drew. Are we walking in truth? Are we walking in love? Are we walking away from evil? Do people see that in us? Because that was the whole point of Gaius. He had a testimony that way, right? People were telling John, this is what Gaius is like. What do people say about us? And so it's a challenge for us to live up to what God has called us to do as Christ, as Christians. So as we sing... 93, I'll live for him. 493, I'll live for him. The altar's open, you step out and let the Lord have his way, would you? My life, my love, I give to thee, the Lamb of God who died for me. Oh, may I ever faithful be, my Savior and my God.
Pastor Andrew, what instructions do you have for the teenagers? Uh, just take your luggage over there, you'll get your shirt, put it in your suitcase, turn in your $10 if you need to do that, and then bring your suitcase to Mr. Matt or I, and we'll load you up, and then go home and get some rest. Okay. Or stay up all night, whatever you want. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of them are going to do that, but I'm not. Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine, I'm going to give you peace. God bless you, you are dismissed.